Black Equity listeners, thank you for joining us with another episode of Black Equity. Make sure that you are tuning in to all of our previous episodes. There's so many gems that our network is bringing to you. All the great interviews, great conversations. Uh, Of course, the times where we uh, analyze topics that are happening in the culture, we try to bring you a diverse portfolio of uh, different ideas and, and different ways to look at uh, what's happening. So make sure you're tuning into all the previous episodes. And if there's any suggestions that you want to uh, send to us, make sure you send that over to our Instagram at Black Equity Net. And we are here for episode 172, where we are diving into part two with our political connects. And this is featuring the political plug. So sit back enjoy and let's get to part two of this conversation with the political plug we're saying uh, who comes closest to giving that authentic feel or something that people, right. people can relate to right so the, so the the uh, who I feel really, really have that authenticity is uh, Ayanna Presley, Rashida Tlaib, mm. Ilhan Omar, and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. But they're not running. Could they? Be- I mean, right, right. I mean, just I'm talking about just in terms of politics. Got you, got you. Um, yeah, like in terms, of, in ter- right, the squad. Uh, in terms of who's running, nobody. I mean, because you only Booker and Kamala Harris and. Now, I mean, I've never been a Cory Booker fan. Like, I mean, I remember when, you know, black, um, black political scientists back in six, about six, seven years ago was really big on Cory Booker, like talking about him being the next Obama. But again, even as a youngster, I was still like, yo, like that, that culture, that cultural connection ain't there. I'm not feeling dude. He was trying like, too hard. You know, when I look, right. when I look back what he was doing in Newark, that too. There was a documentary back then um, where he was basically, you could tell he was going to be running for president one day because he was trying to push uh, this narrative of being the good guy and the things that he's doing. But then when you talk to people from Newark, uh, Newark, New Jersey, for those who don't know, uh, they're just saying, no, this dude, he's not the real deal. He, I mean, he, he, he smiles and waves and all does all that stuff. But they no one has ever felt, you know, that he was for the culture. Uh, you know, even back then. And yet here he is, like you said, six, seven, eight years later, uh, you know, putting his his name in the ring. And I really, I don't think he even believes he could win. I just think this is just to, to raise profile for, you know, other ambitions. Right. I mean, I think, I think, I think he knows he's more of a, a, a vice presidential right. uh, candidate, right? Like I think um, Elizabeth, I mean, because my, my front runner is Elizabeth Warren. Like it is what it is. Right. <laughs> it's like I mean, in terms of you know, she has her flaws, just like all the rest of them. But in terms of of uh, if we talking policies and and platform, soon as she said uh, student loan debt forgiveness, I'm I'm there. That's a bu- <laughs> I mean, because look, that's a, that's we talking about a cultural connection. Student loan debt has surpassed credit card debt, and credit card debt was the biggest debt in the country. And so when we got to that point, oh yeah, nah. But That's why. But isn't Bernie isn't Bernie saying the same thing? Isn't he saying something about student loan, or or am I mistaken? 
No, he is. He is. I mean, so is Kamala. They, they're all, you know, more part of that dialogue now. But I, I feel like in terms of just in terms of policy and personality, I would I would go Elizabeth Warren before Bernie Sanders. For me, the Bernie bros, the Bernie bros represent that the part of the Democratic Party that black people hate. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that arrogance, that, that whole Obama was a moderate thing is not going to get you elected. I am right. sorry. They may feel like it's okay to bash Obama in, in these, um, you know, in these try to, to build their profile, to get at Joe Biden, but you're not about to win an election because the people that voted for Obama, the people that made sure he got in the office are the people that you want. And if they right. think that you got a problem with Obama, that's going to turn them off completely. Uh, that that moderate stuff, it don't matter. They didn't care about that. Like that was their president. That's why they ride with Joe Biden so hard. I mean, these exactly. people will not let Joe Biden go. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, it, I can't understand it because of the, with the ninety four crime bill, I, I with the ninety four crime bill standing right in your face with all the things that we're talking about about prison reform and uh, you know uh, you know changing the justice system. I don't understand. I mean, I get it because I, I know it's the Obama Obama effect, but I just can't fathom how everybody is flocking to Joe Biden. I mean, I think there's something to be said about um, how moderate the rest of like most of most people are. Like, it's usually the the ends, those the uh, the the extreme ends are louder, and because they're louder, you that's who you hear the most. Right. But most people are right there in that in that middle. I mean, in, in some form, most people are some form of moderate. Right. Like, and, and so from Joe Biden being a moderate, I mean, yeah, you can yell at him about that, but it's not it, it's not going to make the difference that you think it's going to make in terms of uh, people pulling away from. Him, right. Yeah. Because, I mean, even even when we talk about what it, like what is we, even if we went back to the like we talk about the 94 crime bill and uh, or, or we talk about the deportations under uh, under Obama and Biden. I mean, because Obama deported more people than uh, Bush did. Right. Right. So even if we had those conversations, I think that the the for those conversations to be impactful, the devil's in the details. Mm-hmm. People in an election aren't worried about details. They're worried about narrative because the election isn't about what you did as much as it's about what you can do. Mm. And so it's when you're like, well, well, Obama did it. Well, Obama did this. So why would you vote for Biden? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if your mind is if if your understanding of the Obama administration with Biden attached to it is one that you look back to fondly, regardless of all this other information, it's not going it's not going to make that it's not going to make a difference because I feel I mean, and, and I say it being a part of the Obama administration, it it. it, it kind of absolved the 94 the, the crime bill issue because it wasn't an issue to Obama because right. then you would have to ask Barack Obama like yo you you knew about that why would you right and you and we're not gonna do that I mean there, there are people who will but that national narrative isn't going to be that mm-hmm. Obama like he can, I mean he's still showing up like he the president to places right when he showed up at, after the was the shooting in um I, I think it was the one in Dayton mm-hmm Visited with victims, yeah, that's that's presidential. We got a new president, <laughs> right? But but people still want Obama to show up. So yeah, that's a, you fighting a losing battle on that one. 
Obama has that that cool factor that that you were talking about. You know, being able to to speak to people and them feeling like you know he's speaking uh, that lingo and, and walking that that walk and talking that talk. And I think it all right. comes down to you know how com- how comfortable do you make me feel? <laughs> you know how how uh, at ease am I around you? Even like you said, if they even even if they are you know flying drones and killing people and 94 crime bills. It almost doesn't matter to a lot of people on a national level uh, as long as you make me feel okay. Right. right. I mean, cause, and I also think people understand that when you vote for somebody, you understand that you, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Right. right. Like there's, a, I mean, let's talk about like for Kamala Harris, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to say that, you know, she, she criminalized truancy, which criminalized black kids. Um, you know, she was hard on crime in these instances. She was she was stricter than she needed to be. But let's go back further than that, right? With when, when she was uh she she was involved and, and not to get in her personal life, um, but only more so to, to, to speak to a larger point. Mm-hmm. Um I think Willie Brown she was involved with mm-hmm. romantically. Um the guy had so, right? Right, right. Uh and and, and so you know he was involved with getting her set up and getting her career started. Not, he didn't make her, I'm not saying that at all, but his, his influence before he was kind of, um, disgraced, (laughs) his his influence is what helped set her up and put her in positions to exceed. People knew that. And so when she got, when she was put in, uh, put in as attorney general, she had to show that she was serious about the job. Unfortunately, showing that she's serious about crime had an, had more had more of an impact on black mm-hmm. communities, which we know is always the case. Whenever whenever you're strict on crime, whenever you're strict on guns, whenever you're strict on drugs, it always has to do with black. Community. Right. And uh, she, because she wanted to be taken serious in her job, implemented those stricter than normal policies. Now, I mean, it's, I get the criticism. But we wouldn't even be talking about a black woman attorney general, a black woman senator, and an impossible black woman president or vice president if it wasn't for her being able to establish herself as attorney general. Right. And so everybody's like, oh, she's a prosecutor. She was a pro-. I mean, yeah, but if, if it wasn't for her being a prosecutor, she wouldn't be a president. You know who she was. Exactly. Mm. It's like, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a downside um, to, to being involved with politics because you have to be a part of decisions that have adverse effect on our communities. But what solves that is representation. If you have more people from those communities making decisions, then we are able to avoid those type of issues because there's more of, there's more of a pushback against it. If you love the Black Equity Podcast, make sure you head over to our Instagram at Black Equity Network. I want you to also check out some of my favorite podcasts right now. Pillow Top Podcast, Real Love 916, Hell Smart Mothers Podcast, and Better Than You Podcast. Make sure you check out those podcasts today. And also, if you haven't had a chance, you can listen to the GOAT Premium Playlist, where I break down who the GOAT of hip-hop is. And until that spot is taken, we'll be forever.
Thank you. Back to the show. So, uh, black people who have this approach to black politicians that, oh, they just like any other politician, mm-hmm. you got to understand that there is a narrative for that to be the case, mm-hmm. right? And it goes all the way back to Reconstruction. So in a lot of the research that I've been doing is attempting to, uh, attempting to understand this of black politicians, like throughout history. That's, why, that's how I stumbled upon um, the, the article I mentioned. Uh, or the the uh, study that I mentioned, but one thing that I found is that there's not a lot of data. There isn't a lot of information surrounding black politicians and their impact on the community. And and nowadays there's more of an effort to get an understanding of that. And it's starting at um, it's starting at Reconstruction. So when we go back and and when we hear the stories about Reconstruction and when we're taught about you know what happened to governments post slavery. The one thing that they say is that a part of what what caused Reconstruction to fail was that the black politicians at the time were crooked. They um, they didn't they they were illiterate. Right. They couldn't read. They didn't understand the processes. They were inefficient. They didn't know what they were doing. But you have black uh, you have black people now going back and looking at the actual impact of, of black politicians at that time. And what you would see is that. For every black uh, for every black politician to a community during Reconstruction, the literacy rates of those communities had a, saw a significant increase. Mm-hmm. Right, land ownership, uh, as opposed to sharecropping, saw a significant increase. So what we so what we're finding out is that these stories that we've been told about black politicians and their effectiveness from the beginning. Have been is is a part of a narrative to attempt to uh, uh, to take away our ability to be in control or to uh, to have uh, to to have, to be a part of the, uh, the or being uh, a part of the who has a say right okay. like this is a it's a concerted effort to keep black people out of politics and we're buying into that. I mean, if, if, if we're sitting here saying that, oh, this government, you know, they, they don't want us, they, they, it, this ain't for us. But you see that they're like, yeah, nah, nah, stay out, stay away. We don't want you voting. We don't want you doing, we don't want you being a part of it. We don't want you running. You see these efforts and it should tell you that, yo, but what if we did? It's 2019. We not about to, ain't nobody, ain't nobody riding up on horses on those sheets in front of nobody yard because they getting dealt with. <laughs> Right. Right. Like we in the era of punching Nazis. We in the era of punching uh, clan members. We about that life. So what fears do we have of participating in government in 2019 when all of the terroristic attempts and threats that we that we've dealt with historically no longer scare us? Mm. Right. We we're feeding into a narrative that we've actually overcome at this point. You're right. When when we look at politics, and you know, there's something coming across my my screen right now. By the time people hear this, and it would have been a few days uh, for them to digest this information. Um, but I want to segue into a different conversation because can politics be done in a non-political way? And here's what I mean: It's coming across my desk right now that Jay Z is to become NFL part owner. It says here. Reported by TMZ, as this is as we're talking, Jay Z to have significant ownership interest 
in an NFL team in near future, reported by TMZ. And so I'm wondering, can politics be done through business? Is, is, is there a way to uh, rationalize that politics can be done without going through the traditional way of playing politics? Uh, I would have to say it, it, it can be. Um, I mean, but actually, I think it should be understood that business and politics go hand in hand. I mean, that's why lobbyists and, and uh, interest groups have the influence that they have because they represent the interest of, of, of businesses, of, of industry. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, and so like earlier when I was talking about the different lanes that black people should be involved in, uh, the, uh, business is one of them, right? right? Like we, have to, we have to understand entrepreneurship and the importance of it. Right. And that's why like, I, I have mixed feelings about Jay-Z, especially with a lot of the, uh, with, you know, what's happening recently. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Again, just like we were talking about Kamala Harris, in order to get to a certain place, you have to play a particular role. Right. Right. You have to you have to sit down with people you don't like want to sit down with. with. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. So you know, we 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 feel a certain type of way because Jay Z is doing this stuff with the NFL and Cap ain't involved and all of that. And and, and he said, "Well, we passed kneeling." Mm-hmm. Well, he's right. Right. The the kneeling was a statement. We we were making a point. That point even though still valid has been made and now it's time to move on to what do we do about it? So, okay. The NFL is saying that, you know, it's going to be a part of these efforts and organizations. Yeah. We know that the NFL ain't really about that life, but they want to, they want to look like they about that life. They have to take advantage of it. I mean, they have to at least pretend (laughs) at some level that they care. Right. Right. And the fact that they at least have to pretend is enough for us to be able to benefit from that. To right? So if that it's like okay, what we want. Exactly. Like, who cares if they honest about it? Who cares if uh, McDonald's really care about black people? If the, but they giving out they giving out black scholarship. They giving out black, uh, scholarships to black students. Mm-hmm. Right? They focus on they focus on uh what they what, what do they say? Black History 365. Right? right. They have those efforts. Who cares if they don't really believe that? We need to take advantage of that. We don't need their sincerity. We need the resources. Mm. It's true. That's very true. I, I, it, it changes my perspective a little bit on how I view uh, Nike, uh, you know, teaming up with Colin Kaepernick, but yet, you know, all the jerseys worn by these NFL, you know, players are Nike. And it's like, okay, well, which one is it? <laughs> it's like, right, you know, but I mean, because they know that they know that you got to have a hand in each pot. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It, it's it's crazy that this is happening. So when you when you first saw, uh, you know, Jay Z making that 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 move. Uh, by the time people hear this, it will be last week. Uh, when when he first made the move with Rock Nation, before we knew that he could potentially be an owner. What were your initial thoughts? Did you think that it uh, hurt Colin Kaepernick's uh, stance in any way, or did are are those two situations totally separate? Um, I think those two separations, those two situations, are totally separate. Okay. Because let's not forget, Cap then got paid already. Right. Cap situation, is stupid. right? Yeah, right. 
his situation is over with, right? right? Like there is no more, you know, cap and beefing with the NFL. They paid him. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he's still not in the league, but in terms of that, that, that epic, that story, that story is done. Jay Z is now see, like seeing the left, like seeing the ability to leverage some of his influence into the NFL. Right. I, I mean, I, I, it, when, so when I first, when I first heard it, it was just like, that sounds like ho. <laughs> I, that's the same thing I said. I said that sounds like a, that sounds like a great chess move to me. Yeah, and that's, that, what, it, that's it's without a even knowing about the ownership or anything else. I just said, okay, well, he's he's positioning himself for something. Right, right. I mean that which you know, it's a black man. Like, what do we like? Is are, are we say we want black people to be succeed and be in these positions? You know, what are we griping about? Right. Right. Like, cause the NFL, like I hate Jason Whitlock. I hate him. <laughs> he always, he be making some good points. Yeah. And one point that he does make is that, and, and for the listeners, Jason Whitlock is a, 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 um, a sports journalist. On Fox. Um, oh, oh yeah. He's on FS1. FS1, yes. The, uh, one point that he, that he constantly makes about the NFL is that it turns, it, it has made more black millionaires than other industries, right? right? Than other things. Right. There have been black men who have been given, you know, resources and ability to do particular things all because of, of this organization. Now, yeah, they benefit from it for the most part. But, you know, this is an avenue in which we can actually get black wealth. We can develop black wealth. Because that's where most of, you know, most of our wealth in terms of, of people is tied up. And in music and sports and entertainment, right? I mean, yeah, you got some black people who are. We got some black CEOs. We got some black, you know, tech individuals. But in terms of where the volume of that wealth exists is in this particular field. So again, we 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 don't have to love these organizations. Like, I mean, we go to people go to jobs that they hate every day, right? And you deal with people that you hate dealing with every day, right? Right. I mean, you if you're in a position where you could be a part of a billion dollar industry as a black man and you got you just got to rub elbows with some people that you probably, you know, wouldn't have the best things to say if you saw them in public. Bite your tongue. Right. You make that money. You, do you, you use do it that power anyway. You do it all the time anyway. It's called survival. It's called survival. As a black people, we got to understand there is no, we don't live in an ideal wor- world. We don't live in an ideal world, right? Like there, we, we think that, you know, these institutions, when we participate with them, since, because we don't get the same um, outcome that white people get, for example, we think that, oh, it's, it's, it's messed up. And it's, it's no, we're not going to get the same outcome. So we have to go about that system differently whether it's college, whether it's your job, whether it's, you know, whatever you're trying to do, you got to go about it in a way where you understand, like, as a black person, it's, there are certain uh, obstacles that I'm going to have to deal with. And I'm approaching this, I'm approaching this, um, this, this endeavor with that understanding. So when you deal with racism, it don't throw you off because you knew that. When you, or for, 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 for the women, when you deal with the misogyny and the sexism, it don't throw you off because you knew that. You prepared yourself for that. Right. Right. You prepared yourself for the culture shock. 
Like, we should no longer be surprised by racism. Like, we shouldn't be like, man, they was racist. So, I, now you knew that. So, you should have already had. You should be a well like, what? now. Exactly. Exactly. Let's, you know, so. Let's pivot back to our previous conversation before this news broke. Um, and I know people are still verifying if this is true or not. Uh, but reparations. Is it is it a real conversation to have? Is it something uh, that you think is feasible? Is it something that's just worth the conversation, just so we can get it on record? What is, what is what is your stance of what you've seen? Uh, you know, with reparations, and then to add one more thing to it, is anyone up there genuine about this? Is Marion Williamson genuine? It, it, or does it matter if they're genuine? Like you said, who cares if they're genuine? But are they really going to do something with reparations if they were in the office? Um, so I do think it's a conversation worth having. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think it's feasible though. And, and I, and from the standpoint of regardless who's president, uh, I think it's certain realities that come with bills and legislation that the conversation of reparations will be, con- will become extremely convoluted. I mean, I think the first thing that we would have to deal with that, that most people don't talk about is who's black? Mm. Don't, black people don't even agree on who's black. Right. So if we if, if if when we talk about laws or we talk about bills or 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 uh, any type of legislation, the number one thing that that uh, that legal scholars and legal writers focus on is language, defining words. Like if you look up a a, a bill. And you go th- and you start reading it from top to bottom. You're not gonna get to what that bill is actually about until like two, three pages in. The first three pages is literally just defining all of the language that's being used that could be misconstrued. Right. So the first thing that we have to deal with is what is black? Who is black? Right. That's what? the and th- so I mean you have like ADOS. Um, and other organizations that, you know, have their perspectives. But ADOS isn't going to be making decisions on that language. No. No black group, no but that, that language is decided upon on uh, in uh, congressional committees, excuse me, congressional committees and uh, congressional subcommittees. Right? That's, that's who decides that language. And, and as of right now, it's not a lot of black people in those committees. Right. And so they can make so, up whatever they want to to define however they want to define, and you'll fall in, you'll fall uh, right in line to whatever they want you to do. I know a lot of people will say if you go and fill out something, don't even put black because it doesn't really take you anywhere. You know, you could put right. Native American uh, and just be a, as as correct, not to be disrespectful to, to your blackness, but to get access to whatever that. Uh, checkbox gives you. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to put it in. In, in, in most cases, you don't have to put anything. You can yeah. like click, like I choose not the response. Yeah, right. And you know, so that's a so that conversation, which is which is almost an impossible conversation, has to be decided upon first, and then the national the national conversation. Once it leaves the committees and the subcommittees, and 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 actually is debated on the floor then that's where you got a whole nother issue. Because what we find is that 
the committees and the subcommittee is, is, is where most of the actual legislative meat is produced. It's when it gets to the floor that it's all about the narrative. It's all about the fluff. That's why the language is typically changed and altered and completely flipped around before it even gets to, before it gets voted on. Right. And so, and so dealing with the reality of getting a bill passed is it's compl- the the conversation of reparations becomes too convoluted in the legislative process to be productive. Mm. Because we spent I mean, all our time defining everything. Right. And, and, and you got to understand, Black people, uh, the world, or not the world necessarily, but the nation, the nation is going to have a say on this. This ain't just going to be Black people sitting around deciding. What, no. You're going to have senators who got to go back to their districts and say why they voted for a bill to give Black people, uh, to give black people money. But didn't they just give... I don't have it in front of me, but didn't they just give some type of reparations for the LGBT? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm saying the letters wrong. Uh, for the LGBTQ com- community, didn't I just see something about that within the last few weeks, or am I making that up? No, you're not making that up. But I do think that I think that 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 reparations language is a little loaded. Okay. Um. So in in this instance, what we saw was uh, same sex couples like life partners, marriages. Right. They were they were being denied the tax benefit that uh, straight married couples were receiving. Gotcha. And so what they did was they passed a bill to give those people the money that they should have been receiving in their taxes that they hadn't been they hadn't been receiving. Gotcha. It should have been recognized as a marriage, but due to like the political complications of, you know, United States and the issues with gay marriage and, you know, everything. I mean, just the issues with gay people in the United States. Um, because of that, the the government decided to say, all right, well, we're actually going to like we're going to fix that. The money that you have been owed. We will give to you. So so, for example, they, they don't have to define, OK, what does it mean to be gay? And how, because it's just like, OK, this is a same this same sex, uh, same sex couple. Uh, have been paying taxes as a married couple for this long. So this is the money that they would have received if they, if, if uh, they would have been treated fairly or, yeah. or if they would have been fitting, if they would have fit within the law, this is what they would have received. So we're just going to give them what they would have received. Right. Makes sense. So that is, that's e- it's easier to calculate, right? There's a, there's a, there's a much more understood time frame from this time to this time. Right. And and this is money that they would have received anyway. And so that's why Kamala Harris is all she keeps repeating. I'm open to studying it. I'm open to studying it because she doesn't really have all the information necessary at this time to even know what reparations would look like. Exactly. Exactly. Because so she's on the wrong side of history by saying one or the other. So I'm just I'm open to studying it. It's, it's a default answer. Right. It's, it's right. I mean, the reason, and the reason why she's saying that she's open to it is because it ain't nothing out there. There's yeah. nothing definitive. There's nothing that there's nothing that she could be like. Okay, what if we talked about this? Because it would become too. And uh, I made a I made a video about this about when Bernie Sanders kind of brushed it off. Yeah. If y'all aren't ready for this reparations conversation, 
because to even to even slightly sound like you advocating for it, the like I, who I consider to be like top five candidates, like the Bidens, the Elizabeth Warrens, the Kamala Harris's, that would become your entire campaign. Mm. Every question is. Every interview is going to be about reparations, and yeah. you don't want to get you don't want to get black people hopes up, and then you turn around and be like, oh no 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 never mind I, that's you know just because you get caught in in something that you know doesn't work out nationally because you got to be you got to be electable by everyone. Mm. Yeah, and you so have I'll- liberal you have liberal white people that feel mm-hmm. like you know. I mean, yeah, I understand what black people didn't went through, but watching my taxes, I ain't, I ain't racist. My taxes shouldn't have to pay for that. So, so how do you still have a little bit more time to continue? Uh, well, actually, good. I gotta, I, yeah, I gotta take off in a little bit. But yeah. I mean, I would definitely, I mean, we could set, we could set something else up, man. Like, I definitely like to, uh, yeah, continue. we definitely do. I, I want to ask one last question, and then I want people to know where they can find you. Uh, and then we can we can pick this up because I mean this conversation can last for the next five years, man. We can you know, oh, keep man, all the way on the show. I can go all day, bro. <laughs> so how? Here's the here's the last question. We'll we'll just do a couple of minutes on it, and then we'll pick it up next time. How powerful is the black vote? Is is it is is there is it as powerful as we think it is, or, or are we going to be ignored again? Um, it's extremely powerful. It's okay. just as powerful as you think it is. Like I said earlier, even Donald Trump recently said, and, and the, the irony of this is this is in the middle, you know, after we got all this information over Russian hacking and the entire intelligence community is saying this is what happened. He's Donald Trump is saying that the most important thing to uh to getting reelected for Republicans is voter ID. Yeah. It's voter ID. That's the most important thing. Because they can limit then who is able to vote. And they're doing that for a reason. If they, if they could still just do whatever they wanted to do, and, and, and if, if, black people was, if black people was voting to a higher degree, they would let that happen. Right. If Republicans really felt like there was no value in black people voting. They, they wouldn't be staunch uh, 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 proponents of limiting the ability for black people to vote. You wouldn't have had what, St- what happened to Stacey Abrams. If they feel like Stacey Abrams didn't really have a chance, they would the the uh, they wouldn't have did what they did. Or what's Kemp? What's his last name? The governor. No, he wouldn't no, have where? in um in in uh, Ala- uh Alabama. Oh, I can't remember. Either way, mm-hmm. the efforts that we've seen, especially in the South, places like North Carolina in particular. Mm-hmm. The efforts that we've seen would not exist if there wasn't power in black people voting and poor people voting, right? And young people voting. Okay. You wouldn't have the pushback that you do that. I mean, that, that we see uh, when, when black people organize because we're still getting out there. Right. I mean, most people felt like that there was no way a black man would become president, but when black people saw somebody that they, they engaged with culturally, somebody that could sing Al Green, Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's without a doubt, and a beautiful black woman by his side, like right. that. Said, Obama, Obama, and Michelle Obama are on. Uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are ne- are in most black, especially older black people's house, 
probably next to their uh, picture of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Now, like it's, he, the real question is, what color is, is that picture of Jesus? <laughs> but that, that's another topic. We won't, we won't get, we won't get into it. We'll save it for next time. Yeah, I want to say, but you know, so, and that's why even to, to speak to the power of the black vote, mm-hmm. my, really, my uh, before when uh, we saw we we really got the democratic field figured out, mm-hmm. my uh, my my front runner was Oprah and Michelle Obama. Yeah, Oprah and Michelle Obama. That's if they were thing. a ticket, if they were a ticket, black people would that we oh, would see. Over. The typecity voting to the degree that we have never seen before. I mean, there'll be people coming from overseas to make sure they can vote. It would be, Man. it would change everything. I think they should have probably did it, to be honest with you. But me too. Me too. But I mean, at the same time, you know, it's other, it's other factors that go into making those things, you know, productive. Um, and, and then just elections are just ugly, period. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I definitely understand. But at the same time, on, on that question of the black vote, mm-hmm. it is it, extremely, extremely powerful. And we see it. We see it. Like, especially with that, that Roy Moore situation. Yeah. Like that. I mean, and that's what happened in Alabama with Roy Moore. You know, he almost still won if it was not for black women. Mm. When you look at the numbers in Alabama, black women said no. Yeah, they there, he yeah. slim margin, and this was a man who who throughout the election had been accused of being a. Uh, I mean, accused allegedly being doing uh, pedophile type things, allegedly, yeah. right, right, and so you know, a slim margin, those yeah. type of accusations, and you right. look at them and you see black women said. We not having it. We not having it. So, yes, black people, so, your power is in voting for sure. So everyone, start paying attention to what's going on on the national level uh, and also on the local level. And what I want to do is have an open door for you to come back, especially uh, after some of these debates. Uh, you know, to come on the show, and also I want people to go check you out on Instagram and all your different platforms. So what is the best way for people to follow you and follow uh, what you're working on on your own platform? Uh, so my main platform, uh, the platform that I love the most, Instagram. You can find me okay. at the political plug, all one word. Um, okay. But you can also find me on Facebook at the political plug, on YouTube at the political plug, right? Luckily, uh, people didn't nobody, all of it. Right, nobody <laughs> had a name until Twitter. And so it's uh, it's taken on Twitter, so I gotta find me the the right name, um, right. And, I, and then I'll have my Twitter, you know, live. But yeah, everywhere: Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. You can find me at the Political Plug. Definitely, everybody, go check out the Political Plug. And also, we want to definitely have you back on at least a couple more times before the, these elections. So then we can just lead up to it so people are really getting the truth and don't have to go anywhere else. They can come right here on Black Equity and then, of course, on your platform as well. So we thank you for coming on and we will be talking to you soon. Yo, yeah, man, I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, shout out to the platform, man. Like I, uh, I kind of I stumbled upon you just, you know, clicking through stuff. 
you know, and uh, especially on Instagram, mm-hmm. yo, the black politics on Instagram is if you look up that black politic hashtag on Instagram, yeah. it's dominated by black conservatives. Wow. <laughs> like they black conservatives run Instagram in terms of black politics. Right. So I'm trying I'm trying to switch, I'm trying to change that, I'm trying to shift that around. Let's do it. So yeah, let's like, do it. Let's work platform, together and like, do it. If, yes, sir. If you, uh, yes, sir. If, if you post Got anything on Instagram, uh, I'll make sure that I uh, have your notifications on and we'll put it on Black Equity Network as well, if that's okay with you. Yes, sir. That's all good. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show and we'll be talking to you soon, man. All right, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for having all me. Right. Shout out to the, to the listeners. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. What a great episode. Thank you, everyone who tuned in to this two-part series with the political plug. And we had this conversation uh, with my political connect. So anyone else out there who has a different political uh, idea or uh, is an expert in politics, please reach out. Let's continue this series with the political connects. And Let's continue looking at things from all different angles. I think it's good, at least quarterly, to look at what's going on in the world of politics. For all these people out here that are telling you don't pay attention to the politics, is basically telling you not paying attention to where the money is flowing. Money is always going to flow into politics. So (laughs) with this being black equity, we must follow it. Stop paying attention to just economics. There's a five pillars of the community building, and we can't just look at one side of things or you'll be blindsided, my friends. So once again, thank you for everyone who showed up and listened to this episode, and we will have another one for you tomorrow.